Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I'm Josh Curry. With me is Nick Salosi. Hey, everyone. It's uh, just the two of us again. It's been a while. We can make it if we try, Josh. I, I heard that uh, well, we were supposed to talk about The World Ends With You, um, but it seems like whenever we just get the two of us on the mics, we really just talk about Blizzard's game, so I, it's not BlizzCon yet, so it seems a little early. I don't know why... Yeah. Um, the last time it was the Josh and Mike show was the Blizzard Encounter episode from the fall, and I kind of wouldn't mind talking about Blizzard stuff instead of The World Ends With You, but, I mean, it's right there It's right there on the title of the episode. We probably should just stick to the plan. The World Ends With You is not that bad. I'm not, I didn't say it was bad. I just said okay. maybe, maybe. Maybe I would prefer to talk about Blizzard games. Like, maybe I'm playing Diablo 3 right now. You don't know. You probably are. Uh, do I have to pull up Battle.net and check? No, you don't have to. I'm not. But uh, <laughs> so, so the world ends with you. Um, we we should probably mention uh, mention that you have been a fan of this game for some time. This is one of my favorite games of all time. Right. And I tried playing it uh, five or six years ago. It, it it wasn't right when it came out. It was like it had been out for at least a year, and I really didn't like it when I first played it. And so this, uh, these episodes on The World Ends With You are going to be basically an opportunity for me to give the game a second chance, see if I can get over my biases and over my prejudices and learn to like this game, if not love it necessarily, and just, you know, maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm less uh, bad at stuff than I was six years ago. You mean you're finally good at video games? I didn't say that. <laughs> We'll, so yeah, let's let's talk about the world ends with you. Yeah, I, I so I'm I'm maybe you don't remember, but why do you, why did you not enjoy it when you played it back in the day? I think it was a um a function of a couple different things at once. First, I think the game was oversold to me a little bit. Like people were telling me, "Oh, this is the best DS RPG. It's one of my favorite games ever," and so my expectations were were um were maybe a little too high. And then only playing the very beginning. I my immediate thoughts were just everyone is just dressed terribly and this is weird Tetsuya Nomura Kingdom Hearts terrible costumes BS and I uh, a very early encounter in the game I think probably like might have been the, like the boss of the second day or thereabouts I just I just like died three times in a row and I'm like well everything about this game sucks and then I just put and and I I owned it I bought I bought a copy of it and and uh, didn't get rid of it. So, uh, yeah, I, I basically just, like, um, I lost poorly early on and thought that the game looked dumb. And, and maybe, uh, I did not, and I definitely didn't see where people were coming from when they were saying how excellent of a game it was. But this, so, uh, go ahead. To get, to get ready for this, I, I, I played this, I, I've easily, I think I've played this game three or four times. Like, I, I, I love this game. Um, but it was, it was always easy back in the day, like, it it hit me. I don't know why, but it hit me perfectly at the time, and I just rolled that wave throughout the whole game. And it always brings that great feeling when I, I go back to it. Um, but I knew that you had had a lot of issues with it when you had tried playing it the first time. Um, and it's also been it's been easily five years since I've I've played it. Um, and so I, I like tried to change my mindset of like come in really really impartial, like ignore like why I love this game so much, and try to see like where where's Mike not going to enjoy this. Um, right. And I, I kind of thought about it, and I think the world ends with you. Does a really terrible job putting 
what it's great at at the forefront at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, it's not a, it's not exactly a, the, the strongest first impression. And uh, one thing that I hate that people tell me sometimes is, oh, the game doesn't get good until four hours in, or you really got to play the first several hours before it gets good. Something like I hate things like that. It, it's like you're you're telling me to waste time before I can start enjoying something. And uh, I, I don't think it's not good at the beginning. I just think it's difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to touch on the combat system in a little bit, but the combat system at the beginning can be very o- overwhelming. There's just a lot going on. Yeah, it, it's um, like, like the, the there's sort of a high initial difficulty curve. Yeah. It, it, take, it takes getting used to. And we, definitely when we first came out with the DS, we were all still trying to figure out how to play with styluses. And it's like, this is only with the stylus, basically. And the, the DS had been out for several years by the time this came out. See, but when I, I felt like, with the exception of this and the Zelda games, I didn't play games with the stylus. I might, like, tap on things or, like, do a puzzle, like, in Professor Layton or something. But for the most part, I didn't actually engage in movement and combat and playing of a game. Um, and I, I thought that was one of the great things about, like, Spirit Tracks and Phantom Hourglass for Zelda. And then I, I hate Phantom Hourglass. Well, I love Phantom Hourglass, except I, for that you play the same dungeon a hundred times. Yeah, the reason, yeah, that, that what was it, Temple of the Ocean King or something? That, like, I don't know. Uh, I hate like, that temple. Yeah, that I hated the one that you had to play over and over and do a different and just do one extra floor each time. That's why. Yeah. That's why complete, I stopped playing it. Complete side note: They took a fantastic game that was Phantom Hourglass, ruined it with one dungeon, and then made Spirit Tracks took some of the best parts of Phantom Hourglass and diluted those, but then made you so you had multiple dungeons. Like, ah, you guys need to, like, merge the goodness of each of these games and you'd have a fantastic DS game. Yeah, I, I never tried Spirit Tracks, but uh, yeah, Phantom Hourglass definitely had its um its strong suits and then its deal breaker in that stupid dungeon. Anyway, we're, we're, we're off track. No, no, no. I, I basically agree with you that... um. Uh, like stylus controls for action games on the DS have are uneven. Like like most of the uh, DS action games I really like, like your New Super Mario Brothers or your Castlevania games, basically have you control the game with a uh, with the game pads and just have the touchscreen functionality be peripheral stuff or things right. like uh, like an item menu or reading a map or something. And it, and the DS is is good for those kind of experiences, but there's a lot of interesting control stuff in the in the various DS action games. Like I, I, I when I think of DS of good use of the DS pad controls, I mostly think of adventure games that let you uh, like explore a space with a touch screen easily, like your Phoenix Wrights, right. or or um like you mentioned before, uh, puzzle games and rhythm games like like your Professor Layton or your Elite Beat Agents. But yeah, this level of stylus control for an action game. Is a little weird, and e- even now, I mean, I'm only, I'm in a, uh, I'm sort of in the middle of day seven of week one of the world ends with you right now, and I'm still not landing attacks with swipes as perfectly as I'd like to be, and just, and you know, like switching between uh, uh, attacking with Neku and moving him around to dodge falling cars or whatever is still not something I've quite mastered, and. I'm I'm definitely better at the combat and more comfortable with the game than I was uh, when I first played this game six years ago. It's it's still a learning process. I'm I'm far from mastered this yet. Yeah, and then you add in the fact that there is a second character on the top screen that you can, if you'd like, to control. Which is, I feel like it takes a beautiful mind to be able to concentrate on both and actually 
if you do a good job with both. Um, so hopefully, did you actually try to control both at the same time? Yeah, um, I I had it set to mid for a while, and I would uh I would sort of just follow the bouncing green light <laughs> between uh <laughs> yeah between Neku uh Neku and what's her face Shiki yeah Shiki, and but it, it's still bad. It, it it um I eventually switched to um to I, th- I think it was like the fat setting where it yes. uh, where it it uh, Shiki starts auto attacking sooner. Um, because whenever I controlled Shiki, it just felt like I was mashing left or right most of the time. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, oh, where's the enemy? Attack, 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 attack. Okay, back to Neku, who I actually can control with with more comfort and precision. But, so, uh, it, like, and to, and to that point, I almost wish it wasn't... I, I think that the two zones thing feels really forced. Like, they, they're using two... This is another thing I don't like about a lot of DS games. They're... Maybe they're just using this two-screen combat where you switch between your main character and your support character just for the sake of it being two-screen combat. It, I think it may have worked better if you're only controlling Neku. But uh, because I, 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 most of the time she, she, I have Shiki doing auto attacks for me. So I'll be really interested to see what you say by the end, well, during the next recording, because I think Shiki, first of all, is the weakest combat character that you play with. Right. Um, she also, I think, is the hardest to control. And there is definitely... I, I remember even during my first playthrough, I completely, I tried really hard at the beginning. I could not configure it out. I ignored the top character for the longest time, and then it slowly brought it back in. And by the end of the game, I was actually actively playing with both characters. And there's like at some point, there's just like a switch goes off in your head, and I, I feel like you actually break... It's not actually you learn anything and you're better. I think something breaks inside you, and that's how you're able to do it. Um, but that's a really cool moment when all of a sudden it's like, I am actually legitimately doing this on two different screens. I am somehow, it's like patting my head and rubbing my stomach. Like, these shouldn't work, but somehow I'm pulling this off. Um, but yeah, I, I would highly recommend at the beginning turning her to as quickly auto-attacking without you controlling. And then um, I know it's hard because you don't have all the pins yet. Yeah, um, the the very beginning of the game kind of stinks because you only have, you you start out with only that fire pin and then you get like three or four more. Yeah. But it, as I've been unlocking slots and getting more pins, the game is getting much more fun because just like I, I think part I mean I, this is a little speculative on my part since I'm I'm not that far in. I think once the attack variety and the number of pins gets pretty high, the game opens up in a fun way because it it. The more pins I get, the more fun I have with tinkering. Yeah, that's so. I can't remember the early pins. They level up, correct? They do, but they um, okay. a lot of them cap off after just one level, or at least okay. at least uh, uh, several of them do. Yeah, some of the pins go up to like level eight or something like that. Um, oh, all you right. See, you, you like you have to dump some time into them. Um, there's a lot of different possibilities, and it gets really interesting. You and then you could definitely start playing off of your what your style is like so what i was going to recommend is try to have so to make the movement easier with neku have attacks that shoot projectiles when you tap on the enemies or in the direction of the enemies so that your stylist for the most part everything close to neku then will control him you don't have any of those accidental things where you're like clicking but you didn't mean to click and then you're actively aiming towards the enemies it just makes it definitely easier in the beginning um but as it opens up, as you get more pins, as you get more abilities, you get. A, I think you might have a heal spell by now. 
Yeah, I, um, you get a heal spell pretty early. Okay. Um, but yeah, like you start having the heal spells. You ha- start having cool powers where you're throwing cars and you're causing earthquakes the, and you're bringing the, down lightning <laughs> from the sky. And... The, the, the telekinesis throwing cars power is um, one of the ones... It's not the first one you get, but when uh, Shiki gives you four like after the third fight or something... Uh, that's one of the ones you get, and I had so much fun using that that I was I started using it pretty extensively, <laughs> just just throwing cars and bikes and traffic cones at enemies. But then at one of the early boss battles, I think it was the one at the Hachiko statue. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had been I you only have two equipment slots at that time, so I did the throwing cars one and the heal spell, and there's no obstacles to throw for that boss battle. <laughs> Ouch. So that was an instant loss that had to me regroup and and realize I hadn't saved recently and yeah, do some stuff. But it was whatever. It was it wasn't that awful. So I guess but, you should uh, throw but... that caveat out. I said that I can't try to come back with like a fresh mind and fresh look at this. I am playing a new game plus. So oh, I have dude. I have like five slots for my pins and my pins are ridiculous and but in all fairness, I've played the entire game. Locked as my characters at level one. Yeah, that's another interesting mechanic. Um, I'm not doing that because I I don't I don't have a ton of confidence in my skills necessarily. But the game gives uh, lets you set your level. You gain levels like normal, but it lets you set your level uh accordingly. And the lower your level is, obviously, you have less health and deal less damage. But also, the drop rates for special items and pins are better. It's tremendously better. Yeah. So. I'm not doing that because I'm having enough trouble just surviving uh, difficult fights. But it, it seems that this that the world ends with you rewards um, rewards skill and uh, in an interesting way, and also lets players customize their uh, their level of challenge and exper- and um, and other parts of the gameplay experience in an interesting way like like uh, one of my favorite recent games is bravely default and that game let you set your own encounter and difficulty rates and experience mm-hmm. rates and that and and that it was a total delight to me so that um that the world ends with you gives you a nice trade-off between drops and experience and difficulty is i i appreciate that very much but i'm not doing your strategy i i need these levels just to just to survive <laughs> yeah no and it's, it's one of those things it's just the advantage of, i my pins are ridiculous like i i will readily admit my pins are so overpowered i have i have the most basic bitch pins you've ever seen this yeah is... <laughs> i i have a heal pin that even if i was fully leveled and i had my max health it would still take me from like one hit point all the way to max and i'm allowed to use it four times per battle um, and then I have, I have like this lightning storm that just destroys everything. Um, and so what I do is I think I have five slots. So I use four for like my just completely ridiculous spells and my fifth one, I just use to level up pins. Oh, okay, um, sure. but yeah, so then what I do is I do, I set myself to one, which gets me massive bonuses. And then the other really cool thing, like we were saying, like you can kind of customize your experience when you tap on the pin to see where the enemies are. You can multi-tap on multiple enemies, and the more enemies that you cl- collect in one go, you get multipliers that make the battles don't get difficult, but you have to do them r- right after each other, and you get heavy, heavy, like h- much higher bonuses. And so I'll, I'll roll in level one, and I'll click on like seven enemies and just like do this one long battle, and I'll, I'll roll out of that with like seventy thousand. I guess it's probably yen, right, for the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then I'll just be like, all right, well, that's my, my grinding for the day. And then I'll just go and do the mission. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you're not really in a position to be able to do that. No, because I'm not doing a new game plus, because this is the first time I've made it past the first 45 minutes of the game. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's really cool that experience, um, difficulty, uh, item drops, trade-off, and maybe later on when I get when I have some leveled-up pins and I'm more comfortable with uh, the combat, that is something I'll try to do. But, I mean, for the purpose of the podcast, I'm just going to try and get to the end of the right. game. Yeah, absolutely. So have you uh, used the food system yet? I have. Um, okay, it was good. Some of the, it was some of the first stuff I spent money on. And uh, I thought, it w- I mean, a lot of RPGs have food systems. Like, um, I think even the first Tales of and Star Ocean games from the late mid-late 90s had food stuff. But this one, is, they do food really in a really cool way this time. It, um, you, you have to, you, you buy food at, at restaurants and... Um, you basically have to equip them, and while you, and while food is equipped, your character slowly eats it and digests it. <laughs> and once they're finished digesting it, they get a permanent stat bonus. It is permanent, right? Yes, it is permanent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I, I bought a one... bunch. Of, I bought a bunch of the attack ramen in the first ramen shop, and just oh. it's like it's like all right, Neku, you're gonna be just eating ramen for the next couple days. <laughs> Yeah, so it uh it it takes bites b y t e s because right, yeah. let's be cool about it um and <laughs> those are slowly used up while you do battles um see it does then, not it does not remotely make sense to me that nope. I would buy a bowl of ramen and just have a bite of it after each physical every activity. time I every time I no. punch somebody yeah yeah no no I, that's not how you eat ramen you're you're just gonna slurp that <laughs> stuff up oh I almost said a naughty word you're, you're just gonna slurp <laughs> that up right away and then you're gonna have an uncomfortable few hours digesting it yeah, but yeah but whatever so like after you're done digesting the food you get a permanent bonus right and um and food is also reasonably priced like i think the ramen stuff is like 500 or 800 yen yeah it's or like not bad range. at all so um, it's, yeah i'm i'm probably gonna spend too much money on food just like real life but it, it caps you in a really interesting way because you can only fully digest a piece of food once per day right yeah once per once sp- per real day wait or, yeah. or wait in game day or 24 life hour day. day yeah real life day yeah which that's, that's really what I thought, but I was sucks thinking. for this podcast you're like well we have 30 days i, I have 30 options of food for this if i'm actually going to <laughs> legitimately play every day and remember to put food in um instead of doing an attack hasn't happened yet <laughs> i would highly highly recommend you uh concentrate on food that improves your bravery because bravery, if you do that right. if you do the bravery then you can do a better items and then you'll that will in itself like increase your defense your attack and hp okay i haven't done, a, I haven't done a, will be able to i haven't done a ton of ramen yet probably only five or six food stuffs and and, <laughs> and is is it worth giving anything to Shiki? Because I gave her one thing and then just uh, focused on Neko after that. So there is because I I think now I'm um I haven't played this yet, but I'm pretty sure that your uh your second character changes. Your so are you willing to let me just tell you the general premise of this? Yeah, yeah. You'll go as, as don't <laughs> go into story spoilers, but um go ahead with general premise is fine. There's three weeks of seven days. Each week of those. You, each week you're with a different person. Okay, sure. Um, with that, uh, the great thing is your clothes, you can still go back and take those people, like their clothes off and put on the next person. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. With Shiki, well, with both of them, there's there's a place, I can't remember what, what area of uh, Tokyo it's in, um, for 80,000 80, yen. Oh, it's, um, is it 
Oh, it's either Shinjuku or Akibahara. Oh, whatever. Keep going. There's like this root thing that increases your bravery by 50. Oh. I, I only buy those, and I just put them on everybody. All right, and, and bra the bravery stat, it affects what how many things you can equip. So that's basically like the... Uh, to be able to put any of the clothes on, you have to pass uh, a certain amount of bravery to be able to have it. Like, that's the number one. It doesn't matter your level, doesn't matter any of that. It's only on your bravery. Are you saying to wear more ridiculous clothes, you need to be braver? Absolutely. <laughs> you need to be fearless out there. Um, <laughs> especially, so, with some, especially with some of the ridiculous stuff these kids are wearing. Jeez. Yeah, and I, I, I had forgotten about this. I made the huge mistake with Neku. I, I did what you did with, like, the attack. Like, I just in, attack, 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 and just kind of coincidentally, I was like, well, I have these bravery items left. I'm going to put them on Shiki, and Shiki's bravery is ridiculous. She can wear any item that I pick up. And because of that, she's still a terrible character, and I can't use her. But she has like the most powerful gear that I've ever picked up. Hmm. Um, and that's this playthrough. I'm concentrating like everybody is getting bravery items, so that I don't have to worry about that in the future. Um, because I just got like I just got a random drop of something that is it's absurd. It's like a potted plant. It's like I don't even know why this is a real thing, but it, it just the stat boost on it is tremendous. And I, I'll never be able to put that on Neku if I like just played regularly without like boosting his bravery. Um, so that 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 would be my recommendation. There's there's usually at least one item per place um, that you'll be able to get that. And then interesting thing with even shopping, you have to build up the rep with the salespeople to be able to find out what the special abilities are on both clothes and what the food will actually do for you. Which I, I always yeah, the ramen dude loves me because I I spent all of my <laughs> money on that on his noodles the first time I went there. Yeah, which it, it's it's really it, it's an interesting thing, and I, I always like the comments that the the salespeople have, like, "Oh, why are these kids in here? They can't afford anything." And then like it changes over time, based on how much you buy from them. Uh, the interesting thing though is like you buy a piece of clothing, all of the all the items that you buy have some sort of special ability. Um, but even if you buy the item and you equip it and you use it a bunch, unless you build up the rep with that uh, the salesperson, you still won't get that special ability. Yeah, so I mean, it's I, kind of a it's kind of weird because like, well, I have it, like it, it's there, like I don't know why I need to talk to this person because I already have the item, but it, it does. They're really pushing for you to try to get like a hundred percent on everything. <laughs> I think um, I well, I, I don't know if I'm gonna get close to a hundred percent. You're not gonna get close to hundred percent. I'm not close to a hundred percent. Okay, well, <laughs> the, the the rep stuff and store stuff is uh is interesting. It almost makes me. It almost makes it seem like a. Uh, you know, like a big Western-style open-world game where, you know, shopkeepers will remember everything that you, they, you have, like, a relationship meter with every person. Right. And, um, and, and that's nice. Like, it was a, a little overwhelming at first because I don't think uh, you don't get to go into stores, I think, on until day three, maybe. And suddenly it's like, oh, crap, there's a bunch of stores here. I can't afford anything. And, <laughs> and the shopkeepers are being standoffish because this is my first time in here. A little too much like real life that way. <laughs> but uh, but it's it, it's neat, and I can sort of see how, like I I don't know how deep it goes, but I can sort of you know see the bottom of the pool a little bit, even um, being outside of it, and it's interesting to me. But I'm not sure how deeply I'm going to engage with that, because I'm still so early in the game and have don't have enough money to do anything fun. One of the great things is you don't actually have to engage with it. Uh, if you you pull up your phone and it shows like your meters of how, your like completion for everything, mm -hmm. um, 
through this playthrough, I, I still with like items and clothing. I was like a rank E or F or something, like something really low. So I, I've played through it multiple times and never really engaged in the clothes system. Um, so it's there if you want to use it. I always bought food and I, I bought every pin. I have so many pins; it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> th- but the clothing I always just kind of like ignored. Um, so I mean, it, it's it's there, but it's not completely necessary, which is, I guess is nice. Cause it, it is overwhelming because you're like, well, I have to go to this place. I think that logo was a bear. Where's that bear? Yeah, the it, the, the quest design in this game doesn't really. It's it, it's so insubstantial. They'll 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 tell you a riddle or something, but then they'll just tell you where to go anyway. Yeah. So it's um it's <laughs> it's not like say a Dragon Quest game where you actually do have to figure out something on your own. This is, but it's it's not quite an Ubisoft game where they'll just give you an arrow exactly where you have to go. This, I I don't know. It, it's <laughs> Twelve might even just be a little better off not having. Not trying to be mysterious and just telling you where you need to go. Puzzles are really easy, and it almost they, to a they, detriment they, because like they count as puzzles. You get to Hachiko and you're like, "There's a ginormous smudge mark on this thing. Let's rub it." You're like, "Oh, it's touchscreen." Like, I, and so I, I had forgotten about this too. So I'm just sitting there, just rubbing it. It's like I know I have to rub it. Like that's no, that's you, how I move you have, on. You have to go and ha- someone has to tell you, "Hey, maybe rub it before yep. you do that." Yeah, like not that you can't visually see it. You have to have somebody tell you that there's something there. It's like, well, this is kind of. No, really, it's just you know you gotta play phone tag with NPCs like in a yeah. lot of RPGs before you can hit the next plot points. It's dumb event like RPGs have had dumb event flagging since forever. Yeah. So um, I I think I I, uh, I like this game better than I did a few years ago because it I I'm giving it I, I'm giving it a chance and playing it and playing it through and I'm more comfortable with the combat. I still don't love it, and part of it is because I just think the game is trying so hard to be cool, and I just think it looks, and I just think it's it, it's making bad design choices, like visually. Like I, all of the characters look dumb to me. Um, I don't give a hot damn at all about you know Akibahara cool and Japanese gaudy fashion and things that this game sort of like hangs its hat on as major visual themes and whatever i'm forcing myself to do these to to go to the stores and and like engage in these clothing systems even though it's not a kind of thing i'm interested in at all normally yeah and i can respect that yeah i think well i know the reason that I'm not all for it either. I like there's zippers everywhere. It's it's numbered out to the max. Like they just let them go crazy with this. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm I I get it. And I mean, a lot of people are into this kind of into this visual style, but none of it really resonates with me. Just the you know, the the weird colors. Like one of one of the reapers that you meet early on is wearing a shirt that goes down into a skirt and and forms and uh forms into fully full full length sleeves and gloves in a in one piece and she's wearing a corset over it so it's like what on what on earth like is, what is anyone wearing in this in this game but i also i find it refreshing like you can I say find, whatever I find you want refreshing like... that people are just dressed in the most impractical hideous clothes imaginable but let's be honest every game now involves crystals dragons and magic like not that's many games do. Or and if we're not gonna do that, we're gonna do Space Marines. 
You know, like we had the whole joke during like the 360 and PS3 era that like 90% of the games were like an angry white man that had a shaved head staring at me on the cover. Like it is, it's, it's massively over the top. Yeah, well, I mean, but it, it definitely I mean, has. So you're saying that there's no other RPGs that uh, that star spiky-haired Japanese teenage boys dressed in ridiculous <laughs> clothes? I'm not saying that. I'm just I I find I I really this is the reason I like Persona 2. Persona as well. I don't actually like Persona 2 because I've never played it. Um, Persona 2 is good. Persona 1 is a tire fire. I gotta keep going. But the great thing about Persona games, and one of the great things about The World Ends with You, is there is a pseudo grounding in the real world. There is, there is a semblance of real life or real society, and then you have the fantastic on top of it. Yeah, I, I did get a serious Persona vibe from The World Ends With You, mostly from the music, which is a lot of weird Japanese pop and hip-hop. I legitimately love the music in this game. And it also sort of reminds me of Earthbound, um, just because of the, uh, the weird um, chipset that has a lot of like you know record scratches and and synth and funky synth brass. It's it's an interesting soundtrack and it um and it is trying to be uh modern or at least a little true to life with its urban setting and urban influenced uh music. And um and and I do appreciate that. I just think that its whole aesthetic of you know ridiculous Japanese teen fashion is stupid. Right. And and, then, and and collecting pins and stickers is an, another side of that. I, th- I like like accessorizing. I'm not an expert, but I think accessorizing like that is sort of an aspect of you know cool Japanese kids dre- um, buying expensive clothes. And that's the best part is I'm not even sure if it's actually Japanese, but it plays on every stereotype of what an American expects, like a <laughs> yeah. Japanese teen to be doing. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm I'm man. I'm I'm probably being culturally insensitive. <laughs> With all these no, assu- with all these assumptions I'm making, I I feel like there is a, at some point they're like, you know what, we're gonna do the whole like this is what American ex- Americans expect us to be doing, or not, um, not even Americans, maybe just the whole world that yeah. that sometimes views views Japan as a, as a bizarre place. Because of course a 15 or 16 year old is gonna be walking around with a stuffed animal, right? Like it's Japan, of course that's what happens. Um, or at least uh, if not Japan, at least Akibahara. Akibahara is that the right place? <laughs> I'm not even gonna correct you. This is fantastic. Uh, I, I know. I know. I think that's the district that has a that has a lot of like anime and game stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm, I might. I'm not. I'm sure expert. Steven will correct us. I'm. I'm sure that probably seventy percent of our listenership could correct us. Um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's 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 a funky aesthetic. Um, but I, I think they completely own it. They went all the way with it. They did not half-ass it whatsoever. And I, I find it refreshing. I love the music. I actually like the colors. I like I like the kind of mix of uh, graffiti that kind of gets put in at some point. I I actually I would never wear the clothes because you'd look I'd look ridiculous. But I, I like I, I the clothes. Think, I think you could rock Shiki's uh, like weird Daisy Dukes that show her hip bones. That's because I got baller hip bones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but I don't know. I just I I like if it even now. And this is almost a decade later. It feels refreshing. Um, I, I and there's not a lot of games that kind of do that setting, do that, do that view of the world and interacting with the world. Um, 
But I think this also goes back to what we were saying towards the beginning of the podcast. It's not its best foot forward. Like it concentrates on, on all this, and it kind of smacks you in the face with it. And either that works or it doesn't for you. And if it doesn't work for you, you're kind of screwed because that's all that's there at the beginning. Um, and I think you'll agree as we move on. This mo- this switches from hey, this is Japanese. Hey, this is zippers and pins to this is an absolute character story. Um, okay, all right. So it eventually becomes a character story and not just Neku, the Japanese misanthrope, and Shiki, the girl that tries really hard. Well, so you got to the end of day, or you got to day seven. You already started to see little bits and pieces of that with uh, Shiki admitting that she was super jealous of her best friend and yes. that that's not how she actually looks. Yeah, and she she bar is she's like borrowing her best friend's appearance. Yes. Yeah, that was her entry fee. Was her appearance, and so yeah. she took on uh, her friends. Um, and it's sort of funny when, like, I, I they hinted that a little bit earlier on in day two or day three when you see her uh, her phone her phone right. uh, background screen. It's her, and then a second girl that's sort of obscured a little bit. It's like oh, it's oh, like Blair. So, yeah. It's like oh, she's the other girl. Yep. <laughs> Who's I guess a little plainer looking. Yeah, and then uh, so I actually have to ask this: Were you kind of? It was one of those like. WTF moments when you saw Shiki standing like 10 feet away from you? Or did you figure it out by then? Um, I, no, I, I hadn't quite figured it out. It was, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not really remembering the part, the part that you're telling So me. it's while you're going around trying to get the, uh, make the pin really popular for the commercial that's going to be going on. Right, uh, right, okay. And you're wandering around and all, like, you're talking to Shiki and all of a sudden, like, you look over her shoulder and be like, why are you standing over there as well? Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so that, that's kind of the least interesting of the reveals that moves forward with the characters. And, like, you've already seen it as Neku. Neku was a dick. I forgot yeah. how much of a dick he was. Yeah, no, he's, he's a total jerk. Um, like I've said, he was basically a misanthrope. He's, like, uh, uh, uh he, it, it was just, it's, it's just been explained to him that if he doesn't team up with someone to be able to fight noise in both zones that he will die or be erased he just walks away and he just he he walks away in the middle of the conversation he does not want (laughs) anything to do with another person even though he will literally be deleted from reality if he doesn't at least begrudgingly work with shiki it's it's he's totally unreasonable like i understand of being a loner or just not liking uh, um not liking, you know, social interactions or whatever, but he is just rejecting it wholesale, even though it will literally kill him. Yeah. And um, and Shiki is very eager to partner up with him, uh, maybe because she's just has a sort of a, you know, she's an aggressively social personality, and also she's she understands that she needs to do this to survive. But just watching them on opposite ends of the spectrum interacting in the first couple days. Was, it's painful. Yeah, it really is painful watching both of them, and I, I think Neku is probably worse than Shiki, but it did not immediately endear me to either of them. The and that's the problem is it's they they're so over the top at the beginning. I I had, I had honestly. Are you saying forgotten. I have to play a couple hours before it gets good, Josh? Is that what no. you're saying? I, I so first of all, Neku <laughs> has a fantastic moment because it's like after day one or day two when he like force chokes Shiki. That thing is fantastic. Um, like, I still, like, that is one of the coolest things. Um, but yeah, it's just, 
I he he's not a good character at the beginning. Um, but there there's reasoning that comes out about why he's like that at the beginning. Um, there's reasoning of what his entry fee was for it that's kind of it seems very confusing at the beginning and when it's eventually explained. Um, and you even see it during the first week, like his personality has changed. There's moments that he's legitimately distressed that Shiki's not around. He takes rhyme dying or being erased really right. poorly. He tries to like put on this face like he doesn't care, but like you can tell that legitimately affected him. Um, the cliffhanger that's about to happen at the end of the day seven, which I won't ruin because you haven't gotten there. Okay. Like that's that's one of those like he basically wakes up the next week and he he appears to be a different person, like a different character. Um, because the events that the, these events start making their mark on him. And that's maybe it's cause he's such a terrible character at the beginning. He's one of the characters that I see that I've ever played in a game that has the most character growth over the, like over the story arc. Um, I, I get that. Um, one of my favorite PS2 RPGs is, uh, tales of the abyss. And at the beginning of tales of the abyss, the main character, Luke is, is a whiny brat that is just insufferable and like the other like the other play the other characters don't like him he's the 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 player is not made to sympathize or like him much at all but he because he undergoes meaningful growth throughout the course of the game um by the end he is a likable character and his character arc is you know uh really really obvious like like it's the changes that have he's he's made are are clear cool changes and if um, Neku's arc ends up being sort of like that, I, I mean, I, 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 I get it. I see how how it would how it might be framed like that. But I mean, that doesn't make me like him any more now. No, I, it does not help you right now yeah, at all. Or, yeah, right, right. Like telling me, oh, he gets better later, is not helpful for me in the present. No, and that <laughs> but, and that, uh, that is one but, of those. But I, I do like... un- yeah, but I do understand how um how this could be a good, satisfying uh, character bit overall but right now it's not the case and 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 we're gonna keep coming back to this it does not put uh the best foot forward they they lay a lot of groundwork that doesn't seem like groundwork at the beginning of the game that eventually becomes stuff that it's fantastic like there's a lot there it's very very interesting there's some unique twists um there's really good reasons for things but then and that's why like coming in like trying to have like a fresh perspective on it when i came in is like i get why mike didn't like this like this is annoying. This is hard. This is unwieldy. Naku's a dick. Shiki's just annoying. Beat's just being a idiot. Sorry. Like uh, I, I don't, I don't like Beat. Like he was like, what he's, you... he's another guy that does not endear yourself um, no. to you in the beginning. Yeah, and it's just it's the characters because they set them up to be all flawed characters, and whereas like Persona, where they seem fine, you reach this kind of arbitrary, like, there's a flaw, they need to conquer it, and then they become better characters afterwards, at least you liked them beforehand because you had an hour, five, ten hours of experience in one way before this. Mm -hmm. And this, they start off already in that crisis moment, so they're already characters that are not at their best, so they they don't come in a favorable light to you, so you're like, I don't really don't care about you, like... I, I'd like for you to be interesting, but right now you're not that great of a character. And if you're not willing to stick through to see the end of the first week or the end of the second week, you're never going to see that progression and you're never going to get that payoff. And so I, 
I can totally see why you would have stopped after 45 minutes. I'm like, no, this isn't. I, there's too many other good games. Like, I'm going to stop. I'm coming around to your way, but it sounds like overall you're you're slowly coming over to liking this game. I I wouldn't say that yet. Um, <laughs> I I'm basically just using self discipline with the knowledge that I uh, well not with the knowledge I, I I pledge to play this game for this podcast, and I am going to self discipline myself to actually do that. I won't say I like the game yet. It's a lot of the things that frustrated about um, that frustrated me about it six years ago are still there, and I can I can see how this could get better. And once I'm you know deeper in, it is better. But I it hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it will soon. But I'm I, I'm not gonna say I've turned the corner on it yet. Well, I'll get back to you in a week or two about that. Yeah, uh, I'm expecting a a full. You're gonna, you're gonna be on this podcast. A full, you're expecting a full turn. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna be so excited for the next. Uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna be on my personal top twenty by the time the month is over. And this is perfect because we're rolling into a special feature that we're doing in May, and this is on my list for that special feature. I'm gonna talk really cryptically so that everybody that listening has no idea what we're talking about. And that is. And I'm that, gonna um, gain your support for this game. All right. Well, we'll see. And um. Uh, also cryptically, I part of why I am playing this game is because of that feature, because I uh, I resolved to play a game from different people's lists. But I'm not I'm not going to get more into it than that. <laughs> and, and also this um that feature does fit in with something that RPG Fan is doing, like the, the the website, none of the podcasts. But that's for another day. Wow, there's so many like little clues. Mm-hmm. Out there now. Yeah, all these podcast detectives are out there taking notes and and going and, and hitting the ten seconds back button just to to clarify things. I feel really bad for that person that they have to listen to us that much. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so that, yeah, yeah, I think that does it for this the first recording. Um, we're gonna come back episode two. We kind of did the mechanics of the game. To start off with this first podcast. Uh, the second one was going to be very, 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 extremely, very plot-heavy. Yeah, um, well, I think that um, because we talked about like the setting and characters and so much and the mechanics this time, the, the uh, next one will be all about plot, ending stuff, overall impressions, and how the characters ended up, I think. Yeah, we're going to be able to talk about all the character arcs. Uh, we'll be able to talk about how the Reapers interact. The general game as well. We didn't really touch on the game, which it is actually a really fascinating idea of people dying and then getting a chance to earn their way back to being able to be alive. Um, like I said, this this game just has a lot of character in that regard. Um, but that'll all be touched on in second the second episode. Uh, and more importantly, we'll get to listen to Mike talk about how this is one of his favorite games of all time. Then, sure, okay. <laughs> Uh, in the meantime, just some housekeeping. I, after we're done with The World Ends With You, we're moving on to The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. And then Ooh. the month after that, we're doing uh, Xenogears. Oh, we're, we're, we're saying our game's two months in advance now? Well, we put Xenogears on Twitter. Right. And, oh, right, yeah, you did a Twitter vote for the first time to determine yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. And people got really into it. So yeah, Majora's Mask in May and Xenogears in June. That Those yeah. are two much-beloved uh, late 90s, early 2000s masterpieces. Yeah, and it means that I actually have to finish a Zelda game, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, you, pick, you picked a, a doozy of one to make be your first, because uh, I haven't finished Majora's Mask, but it's not like any other Zelda game, dude. 
Yeah, I'm not. So I will readily admit this. I'm gonna probably say this on the next pod or on the Zelda podcast as well. I am legitimately not happy that it's my first Zelda game. I mean, it's not my first. I've played a bunch of other Zelda games. Like yeah, you were just telling me about how much you liked Phantom Hourglass before we started recording this. Oh, we did it during the recording. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, we did. Oh, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, I've just never. I, the Phantom Hourglass, I made it like half, three fourths of the way through, and that's the farthest I've ever made in a Zelda game. Um, and so I, at least I've experienced Zelda-like games and Zelda games, but I don't know. It's so different. Maybe that'll be enough that I get really excited to go through it. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of disappointing. I know everybody says really good things about Majora's Mask, but it's kind of disappointing. Like that's gonna be my first one. I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, I've been playing Zelda games for decades. My first one was Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, and I love that game. And my most recent one was when I played uh, uh, when I played a Link Between Worlds two years ago, and that game was awesome. It's definitely my favorite 3DS game. So like Zelda has had a lot of good games over the past 30 years, and you're picking a really interesting one to play for the podcast. That's I had Jordan's wanted. Mask. I had wanted to play A Link Between Worlds or Ocarina of Time. A Link, like, those between, were the t- a Link between Worlds is awesome. I and love that game. Those had been the two games that I wanted to... Ocarina of Time, because everybody just always says that should be your first one. But then Link Between no, they're, Worlds they're is wrong. the one I, that I think, I think Link to was, the Past is, is the best possible first Zelda. Right. I, I, I agree with that. And I think Link Between Worlds is the modern equivalent of it, so it just makes it easier to be able to play and it's, find. It's more than just a modern equivalent. It's straight-up sequel yeah. and homage. It's. Yeah. Uh, I, I think playing those two back-to-back is... There's a lot of a, a lot of recycled ideas, but it, it's a really good experience. Well, what, whatever. They're playing, yeah. You're playing Majora's Mask in... Yeah, Majora's Mask <laughs> in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get to that. And that will also help with our feature, to be more cryptic about our features. Um, but in the meantime, you can send emails to retro at rpgfan.com. As always, you can go to the boards at rpgfan.com and give your comments, advice, recommend games. You can also do that through iTunes, uh, where we'd love for you guys to go on and give your five-star reviews. What's your Twitter handle, Josh, in case people want to vote for games in the future? So on Twitter, I am at JD Curry. That's J D C U R R Y. Um, that is honestly the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, I am constantly writing stuff, like little tidbits about what we're doing, and also dropping hints of what we are going to do for the podcast. Um, and because of people's feedback and people sending me messages from there, we have actually done episodes in the past because of what they had recommended. Um, so that is honestly the best way to try to get involved beyond all the other stuff that I just listed. Um, yeah, I'm also on Twitter at the real monsoon T H E R E A L M O N S O O N. And whenever Josh posts about some retro encounter thing, I usually favor to retweet it. So that not get a very, those likes. You gotta get those likes. I'm, I'm not a very, I'm not a great Twitter follow unless you, unless you like RPGs and, and NBA basketball, but uh, yeah, I'm there too. I'm fantastic if you want me to go on long rants where I argue with people about uh, how bad I think Final Fantasy VII, the remake, is going to be, or uh, my continual dishate for uh, Amiibos. So, yeah. It's the place to be. But how's, your, how's your Amiibo collection doing, Josh? How many, that, shel- how many shelves does it take up now? I have that one that you sent me. Okay, all right. That's good stuff. He's see on my desk staring at me at the moment, so... Well, that's not creepy at all. Well, he has about as much value as a normal amiibo, so good job, Pikachu. 
All right, so are, are we good? <laughs> I, we got to get my complaints in about Amiibo, so I think that's a great way to end uh, right. Retro Encounter. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks with another exciting episode. Bye, everybody. Dream.